party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show I am joined once again by Jonathan Sims for a game of Pit Crawler. It's written in all capital letters, so you kind of got to pronounce it like Pit Crawler. Ahem. Pit Crawler is a two-player role-playing game inspired by old-school choose-your-own-adventure fighting fantasy tunnels and trolls style gamebook RPGs. The game in a nutshell... In a world with no name and no history, ruled over by immensely powerful wizards, so vast and mighty and divorced from reality that their every action serves only to further splinter and decay their spheres of influence, ordinary people have no choice but to become pit crawlers. Y'all, I love this game a lot. Like, I've played a lot of games that aspire to capture a certain 70s aesthetic. This is a rare example of a game that, like, goes beyond the aesthetics and, like, really captures the experience. It really, truly feels like in play and reading the game and playing it, it feels like you are flipping through an old, dusty game book, reading over something that is, like, a little putrid and a little real and delightful and charming, but written with a real, like, modern, witty, joyful sensibility. Like, it captures the fun and the glee and the experience of that alongside the the visuals and the tone of it all that is just... It is simply incredible. I love playing it. I think you're going to love listening to it. Pit Crawler is currently on Indiegogo. Uh, they've already funded. They're blowing through stretch goals. Uh, it is a great-looking Indiegogo campaign. It is a great-looking crowdfund. Uh, I think you should go check it out. You should pick up the copy of the game. You should pick up the special uh, deluxed copy of the game, which is a special copy of the game that is, as opposed to a traditional deluxe Kickstarter, the deluxed edition is intentionally worn and weathered, so it feels like a terrible paperback you picked up uh, somewhere at a yard sale. It's close to my heart, and I'm thrilled that it exists. Anyway, enough gushing about Pit Crawler. You can find more information about the game in the show notes. Johnny is, of course, one half of MacGuffin & Co. designers of Pit Crawler, as well as Odd Jobs, which we featured before on the show. He was also writer and narrator of the Magnus Archives, and he also does about a million other things. You can find more information about all of that good stuff also in the show notes. And with all that gushing out of the way, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. Uh, this week, I am so, so excited to be sitting down once again with my good friend, Jonathan Sims. Johnny, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. Not a problem. I've been looking forward to this for weeks. I have as well. I could not be more excited. Uh, this is going to be extremely fun. Uh, this is a good way to kick off the year. This is the first Party of One recording of 2022, and I'm very excited to be here. Um... I, listeners will enjoy hearing that because they'll be hearing it months later, but um, I am excited. I'm excited to have you here. Why don't you take a moment before we uh, dive into our game to let the lovely listeners at home know about what we're playing this week as well as anything else you've got going on that you might want them to know about. So uh, today we are going to be playing Pit Crawler. Uh, I say it like that because it's all caps. Uh, so that, that feels like the right way to say it, frankly. If you're not saying it like Pit Crawler, like what's the point? Pit Crawler, yes. Uh, it is a um, two-player uh, sort of adventure game book inspired, uh, slightly crunchy old, uh, slightly crunchy 
old school feeling um, fantasy game. Uh, one player, one GM. Um, the player is the adventurer, uh, and they might have companions who join them, and you know maybe make it through the adventure, maybe not. Um, but it's meant to be semi-improvised. You roll your adventure title at the start of the game, and um, yeah, you just sort of plunge through, and maybe you make it through the other side and get some treasure. Maybe you die horribly. You're speaking my language. All of this is making me happy. Um, so it's meant to be, as I say, it's meant to be quite random. It's meant to be quite quick. Um, so lots of rolling, lots of uh, tables, all this sort of thing. Um, we are, hopefully, when this goes out, uh, we should be running a crowdfunding campaign for it. Uh, what we are going to be playing is the 0.7th edition, uh, which is what we're calling our current playtest edition. Um, if you want to get that, it's available uh, on the MacGuffin & Company Patreon. But uh, hopefully, as I say, when this episode goes out, we will be either imminently or currently crowdfunding for a proper first edition. Super excited. Could not uh, could not be more hype. All of this is my language. I've been, I've been excited to, to die horribly in some kind of cave or pit for several weeks now, which is maybe a weird thing to say, but it's frankly, I feel like, in the spirit of the show and the game, so I'm excited to dive in. So, let's go ahead and make ourselves a, a character, and then we'll, we'll dive into an adventure. Fantastic. So, uh, I assume you're wanting to be just starting at level one, nice, yeah, squishy, yeah, yeah. expandable. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. Fantastic. So, you have five qualities, five stats. You have fists, which is used to punch, to lift, to push. You have feet, which is used to run, to jump, to dodge, to sneak. You have fingers, which is used to twist and steal and manipulate. Uh, you have face, which is used to talk and smile and, you know, often to lie. Uh, and you have heart, which is uh, used to you know, be brave and really go for things uh, and also to resist magic. But, you know, how likely is that? It's not right, like that's not uh, going to come up. Yeah, it's not like you're you're adventuring in a world ruled by weird megalomaniacal wizards. Uh, oh, spoiler, you're uh, going to be playing in a, role, in a world ruled by weird megalomaniacal wizards. Cool, cool. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> okay, so have you got a D10? I do. Could you roll it for me once? Yes. That is a four. Fantastic. Your D10 is in feet. So you are quite nimble. Could you roll Excellent. me a D8? I sure can. That is a three. Your D8 is in fists. Again? Oh, sorry, this will... Sorry. Now could you roll me a D6? That is a three. That is a three. Uh, your D6 is in heart. And a D4? Four. Your D4 is in face, I'm afraid, which means you have a D12 in fingers. So you are, I mean, like, basically it, it sounds like you're potentially good at, you know, shooting things, picking things, but uh, not very good at having people look at you. Um, I love it. I love so, it. I've got a, I got, I got, I've got a decidedly cat burglar energy from this, mm -hmm. from these, from these abilities. And I, I, I. I mean, I love a good, I love a good purely randomly created character because I'm already kind of 
figuring out the... Well, it's the... only getting more random from here. So I'm excited. Let's do it. Can you roll me a D100? I sure can. That is a 65. A 65. Okay, well, before you became a pit crawler, you used to be a merchant. Uh, and I'm starting to think why well, you might... I'm starting to realise why well, you might have packed in being a merchant, uh, given you have a D4 in face. Yep, that sounds right. It doesn't sound like that was necessarily the right career. So, this means of your three starting expertises, you definitely have haggling. Uh, you can have any one of accounting, gambling, ingesting, or swindling. I'm going to take... Uh... I'm going to take accounting. I like accounting. Okay. That, that's, that's a fun... Fantastic. And uh, for your final random expertise, I'm going to ask for another D100. That is a 17. That is a 17. Oh, so you also have an expertise in charm. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, it sounds like you've gone out of your way to make up for the fact uh, that, you know, you are a deeply unconvincing person. Uh, But, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, you- I, I, yeah, I kind of, I get the vibe that, like, having an expertise in charm and a terrible ability to, like, lie and make people like me gives me real, almost, the thing that it really kind of, like, says to me is almost cold reading. Like, I get a yeah. little bit of, like, like kind of Carney-esque, like, I know the things to say to make you, to make you feel certain ways, even if, even if you inherently don't trust me, like, there's, like, I, I it feels real real scummy energy and i'm really like i'm vibing with it today so uh you have five items you have five item slots to begin with uh which are going to contain because you're a merchant you start with wax and a seal you start with weighing scales uh and two random items so that's another 2d hundreds you got it that is a 36. That's a 36. You also have some glue. Always useful. And an 83. Uh, and a spyglass. And your last item is any sort of weapon that you like. Uh, broadly speaking, um, swords, axes, that sort of thing will use your fists. Um, daggers, rapiers, uh, that sort of thing will use your feet. Um bows, crossbows, or gunpowder weapons will use your fingers. Oh, gunpowder weapons is immediately exciting to me. I I I am I am I am vibing I am I I, I am vibing big on thinking about this thinking about this this weird con man sort of uh huckster energy and mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with um I'm going to go with, only because it's been on my mind the last day or so, like, a sport pistol. Fantastic. This is, yeah, this is broadly speaking, like, uh, when I say gunpowder weapons, uh, we're talking sort of black powder sort of Yeah, era, yeah, yeah. But, I, like, yeah, a little... Uh, that's kind little, of exactly what I was thinking yeah. of, was, like, that kind of old, like, um... Uh, what's that's not what's the name of the musk the the hand the one hand flintlock yeah like a flintlock that's yeah, kind yeah. of exactly what I was kind of visioning it's like like a like the kind of one that you would use in a sport contest where it's like I got my shot mm-hmm. and it's it's maybe a little bit more like elegantly crafted than your than your standard sort of black powder thing but it's 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 
because it's more it's a flintlock that's more for ceremony than it is for uh, absolutely you probably used yeah. to wave it around occasionally in shall we say um heated negotiations but exactly. you very rarely actually exactly. fired it exactly okay. and uh you get to choose a companion um, mm. now there are so you have one companion slot uh to begin with you can also choose to go lone wolf uh, which means you don't have a companion slot, uh, but you can increase any of your qualities by one step. Um, or you can choose to have... There are six sort of recommended starting companions because their powers are pretty simple. Uh, or I can go through the whole list of... I think it's 20-something um, very quickly, and you can just pick one. Let's go with one of the starting companions, especially because I I... The two that I'm really leaning towards with this particular character, like, they feel like the natural fit. The, 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 the trope that I truly love, uh, in, in any context, be it a story, be it a, a professional wrestling match, if I see a, if I see a big guy and a little guy, like, that's, that's, that's it. That's, then I'm, I'm, I'm all in. And so, so I'm feeling like bruiser or yep. warrior, and I'm trying to decide which of the two I, I think I'm going to go with Bruiser because I like... Fantastic. I, I, I just picture... I, I picture it's not even so much fighting as it's just as much as it is just a large... Just a large... A, a big, large, large guy. Friend. Just a big yeah. guy. Just a big... Just a... Yeah. So, uh, Bruiser uh, has three hit points. Uh, they can assist with um, tests of strength and tests of intimidation. Um, and, one, and they have the power that once per scenario... Uh, you can automatically succeed at a single complicated or easier fists test. Which, uh, complicated is nine. So the basic mechanics of this game go like this. Uh, you say, oh, I want to do this thing. I say, that's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> and then I will assign it a level of difficulty. So, and I will assign it a difficulty... Uh, which goes from no sweat, which is automatic success. Simple, you need a three. Tricky, you need a six. Complicated, you need a nine. Desperate, you need a 12. Ridiculous, you need a 15. Inconceivable, you need an 18. And almost impossible, or actually impossible, are both automatic failures. Uh, hmm. You might say, hey, why do you need two levels of automatic failure? And the answer is because you can lower that difficulty. So once hmm. I've assigned the initial difficulty, if you have an expertise that might help you goes down one level. If you have assistance, either from your bruiser or from any other hapless soul you've managed to get involved, goes down a level. If you have, if you can convince me that any of your items will help you, goes down a level. So you can theoretically reduce that difficulty by up to three levels. Cool. Um, if it goes down below simple if it goes to no sweat you succeed that's a good plan you have the expertise you have the stuff it was a good plan no problem otherwise you're going to need to roll the appropriate attribute um if it is not a heart test you can also choose to put your heart in it you can also choose to put your heart into it which is where you roll your quality dice and you roll your heart dice and you add them together the problem with that is if you fail and you've put your heart into it that is a critical failure. Mm. Generally, a normal failure, it's going to be a problem. Maybe you'll you'll only ever be losing up to one hit point, uh, or it might just be a bit embarrassing, might cut off an option. If you get a critical failure, things are going really badly, 
uh, you are going to be losing a d4 hit points, which is quite a big deal because you start with, and write this down, seven hit points. Got it. Uh, basically anything... Hit points in this game are very abstract. It could be you've been punched, lose a hit point. It could be uh, you've made loads of noise and everyone's looking at you and you're really embarrassed, lose a hit point. It could be you're pretty scared, lose a hit point. They are, generally speaking, a way of... They're your resolve, your resources. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sure. And when it's zero, if it goes to zero in a situation where you're in danger of death, like... I don't know, crossing some lava, you're dead. If it goes to zero in a situation where death is fundamentally an impossibility, you've lost your last hit point by massively embarrassing yourself uh, on the dance floor, then you don't die, but you categorically fail that adventure. Um, mm, you are love it, love it. out of it. So, um, oh, and if you are getting assistance with anything, if your bruiser is helping you with something, they are in danger as well. Love um it. Your companion is never in danger unless you choose to actually use them, and in which case they will also lose a hit point if you fail. So, last thing to do. Roll me 1d20. 1d20. That is an 8. You have 8 copper pennies, uh, and I'm going to need a name for you and for your bruiser. My bruiser's name is Barrel. Barrel. I don't know if that's Wonderful. I don't know if that's his real name, but that's the name that that's the name that I've given him. And yes, frankly, Beryl. he's yeah, that's Beryl. Beryl. He seems to he's he seems to have taken it as either as either his real name or a fun nickname. And so I think that's a I think that's a good you lost dynamic. My name. My name's Beryl. Yeah, it's Beryl. Yeah, and I think my name is. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Lester Silverblade. Lester Silverblade, wonderful. Lester Silverblade and Barrel, perfect. Oh, also, do you want a do you want a secret bonus bit of character creation? That I no do. One else has, all, no always. one else has ever. This is something I'm maybe working on for first edition. Always. Um, so uh, I wanted. I want some optional bits of character creation that are mainly there to add additional chaos. Um, so I've been coming up with. Uh, a list of potential quirks that are just like, this is a weird thing about your character. Uh, so do you want a quirk? Absolutely. Okay. Roll me a D6 and a D10 and give them to me separately. D6 and a D10. D6 is two. Mm -hmm. D10 is one. D10 is one. Okay. So uh, you have an odd superstition about something. And I'm just going to do a quick roll of my own on a secret table to determine what that thing is. So you have an odd superstition concerning books. Books. What is it? And how did you come to acquire it? Oh, no, sorry, that's not it. What is your superstition? And what is the rhyme through which you remember it? Ooh. Um... The rhyme is don't know your name, stay in the game. Mm -hmm. And the and the superstition is uh I am I am a a big believer in uh I'm a big believer in like true names. I think true names is is something that I have a deep super uh superstition in. 
And so uh, Lester Silverblade is a is a is a pen name. Beryl is a pen name, and I am big on uh, don't tell me your real name. Uh, Fantastic. Don't tell me your real name. Actually, I'm gonna go even further and say, uh, for the sake of for the sake of fun, of fun during fun chaos during session, uh, Lester Silverblade is my real name. But uh, I have a as as part of my belief, my deeply held belief about like uh, keep your name secret from anybody that might do you wrong. I use a different uh, name to every like business contact, That's which like- also. Which also does me the favor of if somebody comes by and they're like, they're like, Red Hat? I'm like, oh, I know who I've pissed off. Got it. I understand now. I see. I see the, I can, I can trace back why you're here to kill me because I can see the name that you are, you are telling me you're coming that to kill me for. fantastic. Okay. And I am just right this moment generating your adventure title. So you are going to be playing in River of the Broken River of the Broken Child. Hmm, might be a bit heavy for uh, for this. So gonna say River of the Broken River of the Broken Vortex. Love it. Oh, that's sick. That's sick as hell. So Pitcrawler. Right. So the world of Pitcrawler is one in which. Magic is everywhere. Wizards are incredibly powerful. And magic can be taught. It is something that takes decades of applied study. Uh, But when you are a master wizard, you have basically more or less control over reality. So the world has been fragmented into all these different domains, uh, each of which has some wizard or council of wizards ruling it. Um, Some of them are pretty benign. Um, You know, maybe you are in the domain of the flower wizard. Uh, That is fine to live there until, I don't know, they try to conjure up a new sort of flower and don't really think about whether or not it might be massively poisonous um alternatively if you are in the domain of the skeleton wizard uh, that's probably maybe move maybe just go somewhere else um yeah yeah yeah. so wizards even if they are benign even if they want to help they are by the time they are this powerful they are so far removed from reality that often uh even a benevolent wizard is going to massively ruin your day. Um, pit crawlers are non-magical people. You have no magic. You have no capacity to learn magic. Maybe you might get a magic item or a magic potion, uh, which will make you much more powerful and also put you in danger. Um, pit crawling technically is the practice of going into the towers of uh dead or presumed dead because you can't always tell for sure wizards to see what um to see what treasures can be uh, recovered but it has come more generally to mean anyone who uh, takes their life in their hands and travels between domains uh, looking to make some make some money make some uh, get some glory uh, and have usually quite brief adventures uh, sure. Pitcrawler is not a... There's no established law. Uh, generally, uh, 
I might mention some wizards. They might be wizards that I've invented before. Uh, I'm a big fan of Calcior, the bone wizard. He's come up in a few uh, adventures that I've run. Um, or uh, Ursinon, the bear wizard. Um, uh, the As in the, the, the animal bear wizard, not the naked sure. wizard. Uh, that's Nudulon. Uh, and, uh, sure, important distinction between the two, and really, it's important to know which domain that you're in mm-hmm, because it, it's just gonna—it's just gonna—it's gonna change your entire your entire day. Frankly, yeah. no, there's there's no scenario where you end up in one of their realms uh, thinking it's the other, where it's a, where it's good. Like there's yeah, no the scenario of, where that works out. The realm of Bear Mountain versus the we- versus the realm of you know very casual Friday. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, but there's no like sort of established law. Um, it's very much intended to be built up over the course of uh, a series of games between the player and the the GM. There are certain rules uh, or certain um, yeah, there are certain rules to the world of Pitcrawler, such as wizards are in charge. Um, even benevolent wizards are uh, fundamentally dangerous and a bit misguided. Um, there are gods. There are loads of gods. Uh, if you want to come up with a god of something, they exist. Uh, but they mm. are also not all powerful. They are like they are generally quite specific, quite flighty, and hard to pin down. Um, so, what you get a lot of different priests, but miracles in the sort of D and D divine magic is relatively rare. Uh, and even a powerful god can be killed by uh, either a particularly powerful or a group of powerful wizards. So the gods tread reasonably lightly aside from that it is uh just very much the sort of fantasy that you would see spray painted on the side of a van um uh, johnny i don't i can't but like i'm i'm i, I don't know if you know how perfect uh, uh a reference point that is for mm-hmm. me specifically as a noted lover of specifically van fantasy it is yeah. my maybe my favorite genre of fantasy, absolutely so this I, is this is side of a van fantasy um, with some with more progressive lefty values, sure. um, so you know fundamentally, like everyone is uh, everyone is heavily muscled uh, and glistening. Uh, but you know, people broadly keep their their clothes on, regardless of their gen, regardless of their gender. Um, and all thinking, uh, all thinking people. Uh, regardless of you know if if you're a goblin or a dwarf or god forbid a human um all thinking people are just people not inherently sure. evil generally they've got their own stuff going on um and there are no mechanical differences um and there are no uh and different sort of different species different peoples aren't necessarily a monoculture generally what your culture is is more to do with what realm you've grown up in what wizard's domain rather than uh whether you are an orc or a minotaur or whatever um so that is a good question what does lester silverblade look like lester silverblade is uh the 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 casting that i have in my head was like as everything was shaking out i get big richard grant energy from mm-hmm. lester i get i get that that sort of older that sort of older uh older suit and tie uh british actor energy um and and i i i think lester is uh is a i'm going to i i think 
I think Lester is like part ghost, but like in a way that mm-hmm. like sometimes bits of bits of flesh just become translucent and like periodically just like some flesh will reveal itself to be bone. Like the skin becomes a little bit transparent at times. Uh, uh, feigning upper a feigning upper class energy that is very obviously like put on fantastic i'm gonna say lester probably grew up in the domain of a necromancer uh and you know sometimes when you grow up in the domain of, and sometimes when you grow up in the domain of a necromancer uh you grow up a little bit dead you know yeah it's just yeah. it's just how it works um uh, i'm gonna say i'm gonna say barrel uh is seven foot tall a seven foot tall rock troll um and but i'm gonna ask you what is he wearing? Beryl um, is, I think that we both have the same kind of uh, air of uh, of feigned of feigned uh, feigned wealth and luxury. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think like matching my kind of uh, top like musty but musty beaten down like half crooked top hat and vest and a coat with one tail used to have two tails but that's a long story mm-hmm. um i think barrel is i gotta have a, i gotta have a vest yeah and um i'm gonna say like ob- like very patchwork kind of dress pants so like a big pat big leather patch on the knee i love the idea that like yeah, maybe they were originally dress pants for somebody um, of a sort of human proportions, and so it's. But each one is basically like it's basically like two pairs of two pairs of pants, two pairs of trousers stitched together. Yeah, they're very obviously like like the halves of two different pairs. Like like it's right down the middle. Like the right leg is the right leg is like blue and purple pinstripe and the left leg is like black and red pinstripe and they're like undeniably two different dress pants that have been uh stitched into single legs and then stitched together. Wonderful. Okay. So uh normally I'd start you in say uh, a tavern or maybe you'd be, uh, you know, given this is right at the start of your career, I might have you being uh, run out of your um, formerly merchants, uh, your run out of your former shop front, or, you know, all that sort of like setting it up, baiting the hook sort of thing. But we're on a bit of a time frame, so I'm going to get right into the action. You are standing on the edge of a domain. It's a domain not many people go anymore, because this used to be their domain of Vortexo. Um, now, Vortexo, he was uh, a spatial wizard, big on teleportation, big on different planes. Um, he His domain used to be quite patchwork because he'd often just like take a bit of other people's domains if he liked them and sort of slot them together in a jigsaw unfortunately about two years ago he exploded as wizards some yeah wizards sometimes i mean what are you gonna do um he exploded and became a vortex of his own and in the distance where his tower uh, once was in fact it still is but at the peak you can see this huge swirling mass of energy from it are streaming or rather 
anti-streaming because there are maybe two dozen thick rivers of eldritch energy which are flowing towards it uh, from various realms and various places um outside now this is this has been going on for years people generally know to avoid the vortex rivers um sometimes people have built bridges over them other times they just go a different route um and you can occasionally in the vortex rivers see sort of items that fell in getting swept towards the tower um maybe there's a, a table floating along um or uh, what, what 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 else might you see floating through one of the vortex rivers up towards um up towards the tower oh full size doors yep. um i imagine you see um you see like a a a rust a, it is at moments rusted and at moments like brand new um mm-hmm. kind of like copper kitchen set so like a sink and a and a little like uh coal stove and like all of these things that periodically will bob under the vortex river and come back up rusted than yep. thousand years old and bobs back down and comes back up brand new and Absolutely. shining and gleaming now barrel is looking i'm gonna be honest he's looking a bit nervous uh boss uh remind me why we're here again we are here. Why are we ever anywhere, Barrel? We're here to steal something. Oh, right. Right. There wasn't like a like a, a bank or something that, that didn't have these things to, to, to nick from. No, no, no. We're here to steal something rare and special. We are here to steal. Well, we're here to steal. Uh, we're here to steal the gemstone of a thousand years, which uh, technically is only available through one of these vortexes. Uh, well, vortices. I believe it's Fantastic. vortices. Barrel is uh, it vortexes and vortices? Uh, it's pretty sure it's vortices, boss. Vortices? Vortices. Thank yeah. you, Barrel. Um, You've earned yourself a raise. Fantastic. Yes, the gemstone of a thousand years. Um, the legend goes, at its creation, uh, a thousand years was... A thousand years were poured into this... Uh, have you ever seen the Crystal Maze? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's Crystal Maze Crystal, except uh, that allegedly long, long ago in history, a thousand years were poured inside it, um, and various wizards um, have passed it around because essentially you can get years... You can get life back from it. Uh, it will... You can take a certain number of years from it, uh, and it will de-age you that many years. But because of this, it never really get like it. It hasn't been all used up because you're only ever you're not going to be taking more than a like twelve, twenty four at a time. I don't know why I went in the twelves, but you know you're <laughs> you're going to be taking a few at a time because otherwise you'll be de-aging all the way to a baby, and no one wants yeah. to be a baby. Um, so no one's quite sure how many years are left in it. But Vortexo. You know what? I'm not sat- I'm not happy with the with the like. I I landed on it too quickly. I'm not happy uh, with Vortexo. Um, I will call him Parallax. Oh, Parallax is very good. 
Parallax. Uh, Can I add the detail that Vortexo absolutely. is the name that is the is the mocking name that yes, uh, absolutely. That Lester, Lester has referred to to Parallax as Vortexo, and like there's it implies a le- like a kind of scoff, right? Like oh, we're going to steal from I don't know Vortexo or whatever the wizard's name yeah, is. Yeah, I'm going to really say that attention. his name is Parallax. Lester does not know his name is Parallax. Uh, Lester has been solely referring to him as Vortexo, and I'm going to say Barrel does know that his name is Parallax, but isn't sure whether Lester is doing a bit or has legitimately forgotten, so doesn't want to correct him. Um, so yes, uh, Parallax was uh, is rumoured to have been the last wizard to possess uh, the Thousand Year Gemstone. Um, and if it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be in his tower. So, first problem... Uh, there's a big river of weird magical nothingness in front of you. Uh, and after that, maybe about a mile of shifting open ground uh, with various... You can see in the distance the odd warped creature uh, wandering about. Uh, most of them look like they were one sort of monster, then maybe partially or wholly fell into one of these vortex rivers, and when they got out, they were maybe... A slightly different sort of monster. Hmm. Hmm. So how are you planning to get over the first of these vortex rivers? It's not that wide. Uh, you could jump. Uh, you could try and form some sort of bridge. Uh, or you could do something else. Um, I am going to... I think, I think, I, I think I've got to jump. I think that, I think that Lester is... Lester is a a cat burglar. Lester is uh primed to take the the most physical route possible whenever possible. That feels like Lester's style both because uh he knows to rely on his own his own body and his own senses and also because frankly it gives me the opportunity to show off a little bit. Fantastic. Well, I'm you know what I'm going to say it's it's not that. It's not that wide. I'm going to say uh, that it's just you just need a six. It's tricky. It's tricky okay. to jump this. Uh, so, do you have uh, do you have any expertises that might help? I don't. I do not. Nor do I have any items that I feel like are going to help me out here. Actually, I might argue. I might argue. I think. I think. I think what I will. What I will. What I will call for here is. I think as as Lester is gearing up is no actually i was gonna say i think i'm gonna use the spyglass but i might but i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna just go for the straight the six okay so you can either uh so it's a six so you can put your heart into it if you want uh which will obviously open you up to something much more horrible happening if you fail but would allow you to roll your heart as well as your feet i'm gonna i'm gonna put my heart into it i think this is this is as much an opportunity to uh this is as much an opportunity to play around as it is as it is anything. This is oh, an opportunity to like one fully last thing. Yeah. Dice explode. Ah, good to know. Dice explode. Uh, and if you get double your tot if you get double your um if it's tricky or higher and you get double the result you're after, that is a critical success. So that is a three on my D6 and a seven on my D10 for feet, which is a 10 total. That's a 10 total. Okay, that's a success. Not a critical, but yeah, you make it comfortably. You take a nice, long running jump. As you go over, you feel your shoes sort of brush against um, the the vortex. And uh, luckily, 
when you when you land, uh, the some part of one of the soles of one of your feet has turned to bronze, mm. but doesn't look like there's been uh, any other changes. Uh, Barrel hops over behind you. Uh, he's a ro- he's a rock troll. He's got powerful legs. He mm-hmm. just sails over. Um, one thing I will say is your companion is never in any danger unless you choose to try and unless you put them there. Mm. Uh, so broadly speaking, if you succeed at something, your companion's probably going to either succeed at some uh, the same thing or be able to circumvent it. Love it, love it. So you've got uh, you've got a nice open stretch of ground between you and the tower. There's one much much wider river uh, flowing. Um, the other side, but you've got about a mile to cover before then. It looks like once this was um, part of a sort of slightly... You reckon that this is probably some sort of uh, fire wizard's domain once, because the earth is is packed down and it's it looks like it's almost cooked. And from various points in the distance, you can see little flames erupting from the ground. Uh, how do you want to try and cross it? Do you want to go just quick and direct? Do you want to go a little bit carefully? Are you trying to skirt the edges? Or are you just going to wait for a while, see what you mm. see on the horizon? I I, I, am, I am nothing if not impatient, so I'm going to take the quickest and most direct route through. Okay, fantastic. Uh, in which case, I am going to make a fortune roll for you. Uh, which is uh, this is this is this is the only sort of role. There are two sorts of role that I make rather than you. Uh, one is a fortune role, which is purely based on luck. The other is faction rolls. If uh, you know, for instance, which of these giants is going to win the fight? Um, so I'm going to ask you for high or low, and then I'm going to roll a d20. Uh, uh, give me high. High. Twelve. Okay, that means that as you cross, uh, you're striding, you notice the ground starting to shift and a little flick of flame creeping out of it moments before the explosion, uh, the gout of fire, shoots up, which I'm going to say means that you get a chance to make a feat roll. Uh, you're going to need to make a... I'm going to say it's going to be a nine to avoid this absolutely fire. I am absolutely putting my heart into this uh, as, I, as I roll out of the way as quickly as possible. Uh, and that is a nine exactly. Ooh, yeah, okay. Okay, you're a little bit singed, lost a few hairs, but that's fine. Uh, are you are you slowing down at all? This was, this was about maybe one minute after marching very quickly and directly uh, into, this, uh, into this area. Uh, are you slowing down? To catch your bearings, or are you just keeping on going? Uh, I think I'm changing my approach and going as as and going a little bit more carefully. I've got my I've got my spyglass. I've got my I've got my spyglass. I can, you know, hide out. I can I can spot a tree or a or a dune to kind of duck behind and scope out the area and look for threats and change my approach. But really, like fundamentally, the goal is still to get to to get past all of this as quickly. And as cleanly as possible, while ideally not being set on fire. Okay, fantastic. Uh, in which case, I will say that's probably still a feat roll because you're going to be you're, you're you're going a bit sneaky. Uh, I would make it uh, complicated, but given you're using your spyglass, I will lower that to tricky. Uh, all right. And this is this is just to get all the way across. Uh, and that is a seven. That is a seven. 
fantastic. The dice are very much, uh, the dice very are much liking today. you right now. Uh, so, you've made it across. Uh, that the, the initial gout of flame, you've started to notice the telltale flicker before uh, a burst of fire. So using your spyglass, you've been able to map out a pretty solid, a pretty comfortable route through uh, through this area. Uh, as you've been going, you have noticed that... Uh, so you are now at the edge of this much wider, uh, much more turbulent Vortex River. Um, and you notice that flying around the tower uh, and sometimes getting quite close to your current location um, are huge... Um, if you can, if you imagine like a pterodactyl, but covered in feathers, if that's you know, uh, sure, like yeah, a, yeah, like a like a like a. I mean, obviously, obviously, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that's just a bird, um, but also it's. Uh, I I I think also it's covered in lightning. Oh, well, lightning. That- that was not the direction that I thought that was going to go, and that's actually terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a big old lightning bird. Uh, not, not not a, yeah. Big old yep. bird, just occasionally. Uh, it's not like, it's not, it doesn't generate lightning, but periodically lightning bolts will shoot out of the vortex, hit the bird, uh, and then from there, ch- like, shoot out in various directions Got uh, it. To like anything. almost a, almost a conductor or a prism yeah. in the form of some yeah, like giant a prism, like a lightning yep. prism. Uh, that's a bird. Uh, that's horrifying. Well, I mean, you know, what are you gonna do, wizards? Wizards, wizards. Um, is the is is the is the horrifying uh, lightning prism flying towards us, or is is it something that we could possibly like? Uh, they are sort of circling around the outside of the tower. So mm. uh, maybe every two or three minutes, you would say that there is one of them is close enough to potentially uh, catch you with the lightning. You're not really sh- you can't really see uh, how they sense the world. Um, you can't you can't make out whether they whether it's eyes or any sort of like magical sense. So you don't know if they know you're here or not. I am going to. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and scare this thing off. I'm gonna okay. take out my I'm gonna take out my sport pistol. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fire it, not necessarily straight at the at the at the bird, maybe nearby it, but like fire it in such a way that the bird is going to that the bird hopefully will will say will say, oh no, there is some sort of attacker. Either either flying in the direction where in a direction where I can hastily run in the other direction, or Get scared and just fly off into the mists. We'll 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 take we'll okay. take either option and we'll see how it goes. So, here's how I'm going to word this. I think like scaring this huge terrifying bird. That's a desperate. That's a desperate action. Uh, I'm also going to say I'm afraid uh, that it is a face roll. Uh, but you've got your starting pistol, and mm. if you want, barrel can help. It is a it is a it is a test of intimidation. So your bruiser, he can just be like. In the background, uh, if you want, if you want him to help, I, I think I'm gonna need, I think I'm gonna need him to help here. 
I think I've got to. I think I've got to have him helping. So that's a face I, roll. You need a six. I think I've got to put my heart into this. I think you probably do. And yeah, I think I think that's I think that's what I got. So we're gonna go for that. We're gonna go for that six. Mm-hmm. I'm rolling d four and a d six. Yep. Oh, that is a five. That is not. That is, that is upsetting. Okay. Um, you the bird sees you. You fire. Barrel. Um, It looks puzzled for a second and starts to fly down towards you. As it does, uh, a lightning bolt shoots down, hits it, spears out towards you. You are shocked for... Could you roll me a d4 to see how many hit points you take? Three damage. You take three damage. There's a little bit of a little bit of a chain lightning effect as Barrel is hit for one damage because uh, companions are only ever hit for one damage. So he has two hit points left. Mm -hmm. You have four. Four. Uh, You're knocked to the ground as the bird swoops towards you. It lands in front of this flowing river of weird energy and regards you with what you can now see are two pitch black eyes well uh scaring it didn't work so unfortunately i think that if i'm going to be if i'm gonna be inside of this tower if i'm going to get through it's gonna have to be you could run you could wait see what happens uh you know what i am gonna wait just a moment and see what it does and see what what its next move is before i i'm gonna i'm gonna ready my pistol and kind of reload it and Sort of like reload the the bullet and the powder as I kind of do that, and just sort of like sit and wait, watch a, a barrel. I think is 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 maybe creeping around. I'm hoping that 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 depending on our next action, we can possibly uh, we could possibly outmaneuver this thing or outsmart it. If I have to fight it, we can fight it. But I'm gonna lay low for a moment. Have uh, give barrel a kind of like glance over in barrel's direction for barrel to kind of. Start creeping around it as gracefully as Barrel can do. He's very large. And see what the thing does while it's got its eyes on me and see what, what our next move is from there. Uh, you pause for a second. You give Barrel a nod. Uh, he will look at you a bit perplexed, but sort of start to shuffle awkwardly. Um, the bird sort of cranes its neck as you sort of get to your feet. You all right down there? I'm gonna look around for a second. Not too burned. Oh, sorry about oh, that. Obviously, I'm horribly, I'm horribly burned. Oh. oh, if only there were some kind soul that could come and. Oh goodness, I do. But well, I mean, we don't really. It's you know, the lightning. It, it's just sort of shoots out. It's not really a concert. You're you're hurt. He, the bird sort of comes and and gives you a, a closer look. Ah, oh, badly, and I'm I'm now like holding my side and trying to hide the the visible lack of. I think I think where the burn marks have happened, I'm like I'm playing it up now, specifically trying to trying to give this thing to get me tricking some tricking. I mean, to be fair, you're not unhurt, but I'm gonna say that playing up your injury to this concerned bird um, is gonna be tricky. That's six. It's gonna be a face roll. Uh, I think you have an expertise that might help, though. I do. I have charm. You have charm. Fantastic. So that will lower it to a three. Can you convince me that you have anything else that might help? Because if you can, you don't even need to make a roll. Um, I I have something that I would like to, to convince you about. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm and listening. The, Keen to be convinced. Is, this is. Uh, I am going to. I am going to give you a, a big pitch, which is that this is a this is a specific con that we have run before. And All I'm right. going to say. I'm going to say. I would love to ask if I can have barrel assist and intimidation by saying by spinning well, a sob is, this story. Is, this is technically not an intimidation. Well, what I was going to say was that oh, okay. this is a, I want to I want to I want to roll out a con where I'm like, oh, I'm hurt and I'm being chased by a horrible uh, a horrible rock troll and okay. throw and throw him a glance to have him come out and try and intimidate me and or like just be a large scary thing to okay, kind of be like, oh uh, no, uh, here's his is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say absolutely. Uh, you can play it that you were running from the this the the rock troll. Um, and, you know, that, that this is, that everything's, you're just a poor, just who knows, uh, why you're here. You're just an unlucky person who's having a bad day at the hands of this brutal rock troll, but Barrel will lose a hit point, uh, because this bird is gonna bat him with a wing. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to allow this. I'm going to make this trade off. Okay. I'm going to make this trade. Okay. Uh, you, you you give Barrel the look and he's like, yeah, oh, you better run. Oh, oh, oh. it's the troll. Oh, it's the troll. And the um, the bird sort of looks and is like, oh, goodness, flaps his wings really hard and sort of uh, an arrow of air shoots out, knocking Barrel off I, his feet. As Barrel, uh, is, as, Barrel is, as Barrel is flying off his feet, I tap my nose twice, which is our international symbol for you've earned another raise. <laughs> and I like the neither, idea. Neither like Jeff the, nor Lester will be doing this con again. <laughs> I, I, like, I like the idea that you're like, oh, you've earned a raise when uh, Lester currently possesses eight copper pieces, uh, eight <laughs> copper pennies. Um, but it's fine. You're, 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 for, you're about to come into your fortune, no doubt. Oh, for sure. Um the the bird sort of settles uh settles itself back down uh as uh barrel sort of slinks off uh behind some rocks to await to to find out what's going down right well no now now that that uh now that 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 attack now, now that you're now that you're all safe and and uh, i assume yes yes uh, uh i'm sorry for the uh the, the confusion um do do you need a ride home um, I, I, oh, I'm so weak. Uh, if only there were a place that I could rest inside where it is warm oh, and safe. Oh, no, you don't want to go in, you, what, in, in, inside, inside Parallax's tower. No, you, you, you want to be very careful in there. All sorts of dreadful, oh, I angry, misshapen things. I promise you I am too weak to do anything but fight, but, but rest in a quiet room. But I am, I am so tired and I fear that the troll will be back any moment now. Well, uh, hmm. Okay, I've got another. Uh, I've got another deal for you. Okay, I will allow this to work, but you will be leaving Barrel behind. I am okay with this. I am okay making this trade off. I will I think. say that he will be that. That will you are leaving him. He's he's hurt. He's down to one HP, but he is going to be safe. No harm will befall him uh, while. Uh, you are you are that, gone, but he will not be able to help you further. That feels that feels good. I feel good about that. I feel like that's okay. that feels like our that feels like our I mean that with our respective specialties, that feels like our arrangement is, you know, he gets me to a dangerous place and then I am an effortless graceful thief with the with the feet of a cat and the eyes of an eagle and I can Absolutely. I can, 
navigate my way through. Okay. So, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I tell you what, I'll take you, I'll take you to my nest. Uh, you can, you know, that's in one of the, you know, one of the side rooms should, uh, should be safe enough. You can, you can recuperate there. I think I've got some grubs or something that, uh, that, that you can have if you, if you need, um, sorry, I, I didn't get your name. Uh, my name is, uh, Johnny, can you give me a number from one to nine? Uh, I will give you the number five. My name is, uh, is Lem Goldax. Lem Goldax, a fine name. Uh, I am, uh, I am, uh, Covalio. Um, uh, well, the Co- Covalio Jr., if, if we're, you know, uh, specific, but, uh, well, you know. technically I'm Lem Goldax the third, so I understand. Ah, right. Well, you know the, you know the struggle then. Such confusion sometimes. Anyway, he, he sort of, uh, shifts, uh, and leans down to allow you to climb onto, uh, climb onto his back. And I climb onto his back. I give, I give that one last, uh, double tap of the nose over to, in the direction of where I'm certain that, uh, that, uh, Beryl is hiding. And we fly yeah, off he's, towards uh, the nest. He's, he's found a nice chunk of granite and is just sort of snacking on it merrily. He gives you a nod. Uh, and yeah, with a, a flumph of wings, um, Cavalio takes off and goes up and around the, um, and around the tower. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to roll a D. I'm going to just do a quick fortune roll. Can you give me a high or a low? Let's go low this time. Okay, cool. That means I'm going to say if I roll a natural 20, um, as you are flying around, you are struck by lightning. Uh, fair. But that's, that that's, feels, that feels fair. That feels fair. It's only a six. You're good. All right. Uh, you're good. Um, so you soar around, and uh, one of the sort of outcrop... You know how... If you imagine this tower as like uh, a weirdly shapened hat, a weirdly shaped hand uh, and like forearm coming out of the ground. So at the top, you've got all these little sort of uh, smaller towers coming out of the main one uh, with this big whirling vortex at the top. Uh, one of the, like the tower that would be the little finger, the pinky finger, um, has a couple of large windows in it. And uh, the bird swoops round and comes down to. There's a nest inside. It looks like it's made of shredded paper, bits of old spell books. Um, and uh, Covalio lands um, and you dismount. Right, you rest up. Uh, there's a oh, big bucket yes, in the corner course. full of uh, grubs, beetles, that sort of thing. Um, oh, and there's also... Uh, I, I've, I've thrown up a bit in the other bu- uh, bucket if you need, if you need it pre-digested. Um, anyway, I'm going to go fly around this tower a bit more, because, uh, well, you know, instincts, what are you going to do? We all have our role to play. My friend Corvalio Jr., your name will not be forgotten. Y- well, you will you will be you will be a part of my story until my dying day. And I too shall not forget you, uh I wanna say Len? Le- Lem Lem Goldax the Lem, third. Yes, Lem Goldax. Yes, I, I shall not forget you either, Lem Goldax the third. Uh especially since I expect in a few hours when I return here to, to roost, uh you will still be here and not have got yourself into any trouble at all. 
That you can be certain. Fantastic. Well, have a good rest. And he I will, will my friend. Uh, fly away. Now, uh, I will ask, do you want to... Uh, there are some, there, as he said, big bucket of grubs, um, or pre-digested grubs, uh, in the corner. Um, now, in Pit Crawler, you get back... Uh, the way you recovering HP works is you get back one hit point each time you sit and have a meal. Uh, and you can ha- that can happen up to three times a day. Um, you don't have any food on you, but I will say, if you do want to eat one of those grubs, uh, you would, it would count as a meal, you would get a hit point back. I will absolutely eat one of these grubs, I, I, I can't feel like it's the worst thing that I've eaten in my time as a, as a would-be, as a, as a, I've, I've eaten stranger in my time as a pit crawler. Absolutely. Uh, fresh or pre-digested? Ah, uh, fresh, I, fresh. fresh. I, absolutely. Uh, it, it squirms a standards. bit. Uh, it squirms a bit, but it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's all protein, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you, you, you manage to, like, it, the, the whole grub is about as big as your forearm, uh, but you, you munch through a decent portion of it, um, uh, you manage to, to choke down a, a decent portion of it, um, and yeah, you, you can sit for, uh, 10, 20 minutes, and you know what, you are feeling like, it's kind of gross, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of gross to to your physiology, but you know, it's all right. Meals and a you, meal, meals a meal, and you definitely get a hit point back for that. Fantastic! That puts me at five hit points. Okay, so uh, there there are two exits uh, from this room. Uh, three, if you include the big window you came in. Mm-hmm. Um, one is looks to be a sort of spiral staircase that is descending down the tower. Uh, the other is a heavy wooden door uh, that seems I to stay on the same level. Gonna go on, go for the heavy wooden door. Okay. Uh, are you just opening it? You listening at it? You smelling uh, at it? I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen through it and see uh, what I hear on the other side before I open it. Okay. You cannot hear anything from the other side. Then um, I'm gonna pull. Then I'm gonna pull this door open. Okay. There is um, it. It's a heavy door. It looks like it sat very snugly in the frame, and there's a slight feeling of a change in air pressure uh, as you open it. Um, the other side is a short, short corridor that opens out into a massive circular room that you reckon takes up the majority of this tower. Uh, it is, um, it is four stories high. Uh, and it looks to be uh, what was once the wizard's library. Um, quite a lot of these books seem to have uh, decayed uh, quite quickly, actually. Um, from what you've, from what you understand, this wizard's only been dead a few years. But a lot of these books are almost mulch by this point, while others have been clearly uh, taken and ripped apart. To well, you saw you saw what use they were put to in the nest. Um, mm. There are various small staircases uh, and uh, ladders going around the outside, uh, and in the middle is a huge desk slash uh, workbench um, and a big old armchair um, in front of an unlit fireplace. Mm. So, 
I'm going to head towards that. I'm going to head towards that fireplace. I'm going to examine a few of the books and see if there's anything in good enough condition to, to pilfer. And if there's not, I'm going to head for that fireplace because traditionally fireplaces have a chimney. And if I am to believe that this crystal is anywhere, it's got to be... It's got to be around that vortex at the top of the tower, and if I can crawl up a chimney and emerge out of it, then that seems like the easiest way to get to where that vortex is and grab that crystal and get the hell out of here. Fantastic. So, uh, I'm going to start with the fireplace. The fireplace is a bit strange. There's no logs in it, no ashes. In fact, it doesn't look like... It, it's almost completely clean. There's no soot nothing like that and if you look up what at first seems to be a chimney uh actually stops about a foot uh, above the fireplace um it, you're deeply puzzled uh, until you remember wizards probably a magical fire um mm -hmm. looking round most of the most of the books are uh, as I say, pretty pretty rotten, pretty decayed. Um, but those that are in semi-decent condition are probably quite valuable. Now, these are heavy, big grimoires, so I'm going to say that any you want to take will take up an item slot, so you will need to be dropping things to, mm. uh, to, take, um, to take these books with you. Uh, but uh, how, how long do you want to spend searching the library? Uh, I'm gonna say like in in ten minutes, uh, um, ten minutes, twenty minutes, half an hour, probably an hour. Like just to kind of uh, not, not not so long, but like a couple, a good a good chunk of time. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff. Okay. Uh, in which case, uh, I am going to say that uh, after an hour, there are probably three books that you found that you think would be pretty valuable. Mm. Um, one is, uh, an arcane history, um, which looks to be, uh, volume seven, looks to be one of a multi-tome, um, uh, work covering the, uh, covering various wizards throughout history. Uh, it's quite dry, you have no interest in the subject, doesn't seem to be inherently magical, but... The cover is inlaid with gold and quite a few, well, they look like gemstones. Well, I'm definitely uh, taking that. I will, I will, I will, I will expertly replace it with this block of wax, with this wax and seal that I've got. And I will take this arcane history uh, and stash it in my pack. Fantastic. Um, one uh, is called A Demon's Cookbook. Uh, it is written in a, uh, a weird script that you cannot read, uh, quite a jagged-looking uh, script. Um, but you don't know, like, it, the, the binding is some sort of dark red leather, um, and there, there's nothing notable about it in and of itself, but it is easily in the best condition of any of the books here. Looks like, I mean... It's the only one that looks like it is not in any way uh, decayed or um, rotten. Hmm. What about the third book? Uh, the third book uh, is does not have a title. Um, and reading through, uh, it looks like a book of poetry. 
Uh, but it's quite warm to the touch. It's like, and when you open it and start reading it, the more you read, the hotter the book becomes. Mm. Uh, to an almost alarming degree. Like at one point you were close to burning your hands and you had to close it. Um, it's You don't know what it is or what it does, but it is very clearly magical. I am absolutely taking this magical book uh, as much as I... As much as I, I love these these scales, the one reminder of my life before, uh, frankly, my life before is terrible, so I don't really need the reminder. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, are you taking the Demon's Cookbook? Uh, I am going to not take the Demon's Cookbook. Okay. So you've got, you've got the jeweled book of wizard history, uh, and you've got just a weird hot book. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so the chimney doesn't seem to lead upwards. Uh but you, as you've been going around, you have seen that right at the top. Uh, so if you go up to the the sort of the top level, the fourth level, uh, on the little catwalk area around the outside uh, mm-hmm. with all the books, there is another smaller, quite rusty-looking ladder that leads up to a very small wooden door right at the top. I think that's exactly where we're headed. Okay. Um. Uh, so, climbing the climbing the ladders, climbing the stairs, getting up to the fourth floor, no problem. Um, though, again, it does feel like a lot of this room is older and more decayed than it necessarily should be. Mm. Um, and this is doubly true when you um, when you reach the ladder because this this thing is almost rusted through. How do you want to climb it? How do I wish to climb it? Um, I w- I will climb it gingerly, almost almost less like a uh, less like a less like a proper ladder, and more like a series of um, what do you like a series of like uh, of things to sort of almost like gymnast bars is the best way to describe it. Sort of like uh, this is this is a case where. The less pressure that I put on things, the less uh, the less of a problem it's going to be. So I think this is this is another case where that those 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 cat burglar acrobatics mm-hmm. are going to come into my are going to come in handy. Okay, getting up it is going to be tricky. Uh, you obviously don't have any assistance because um, well, your bird friend is currently flapping around the outside, and Barrel is way down on the ground. Uh, you are here on your own. Do you, however, have an expertise or potentially an item you could use? Um, ooh, you know what I have that would be very, very helpful here? Mm-hmm. Um, this, this lad, this old, this old beat up ladder that feels like it could fall apart at any moment. Yeah. Uh, I do have some glue that I could put on the you joints to make sure that it holds, in, make sure you that it can hold in place. Glue. Uh, and I'm gonna say that actually, you're pretty sure that the that the, the the worst like one of the rungs is actually almost snapped off already. So you you can just glue that in place. It will take. In fact, with the glue, yeah. So you can use the glue. I will say that this will take maybe another twenty minutes because mm. uh, you've got to wait for it to set. Um, but in that case, uh, it's a simple roll. You need a three on your feet, uh, but you All cannot right. put your heart into it because it's just simple. All right. That's a four. That's a four. Fantastic. Because the thing about simple rolls is there's only so that like there's only so wrong that they can go. Yeah. But yeah, there's yeah. also only so much you can. Uh, so, yeah, you, it 
you're careful, you're conscientious, uh, and the ladder holds firm. At one point, there's a slightly hairy moment, but, um, you know, you're not afraid of heights, clearly, so no problem at all. You reach the door at the top, push it open, and your hair, you can feel your hair start to stand on edge, because there is a lot of magical energy the other side of this door. Uh, you climb out onto... It is sort of a balcony. Uh, it looks like the various towers at the top of uh, top of this wizard's... Uh, well, top, the various mini towers at the top of the main one uh, all sort of curve in towards uh, a central point, which is where the massive vortex is. And on mm. the interior of in, on the interior of them, just each. And on the interior of each, on the inside exterior wall of each one, just below the roof, is a balcony. Uh, so they're all sort of pointing in towards this uh, this central point. If you had to guess, you'd uh, assume that when uh, when he wanted to do grand rituals, he would get various apprentices or other wizards on each of these balconies, so they could all put their powers towards a central point. Um. Mm. On the edge of this balcony, uh, half um, half on, half off, sort of semi in the air, uh, between you and this, you can see it. You can see the the huge swirling vortex. Now it's very close, though. Actually, now you're so close, you can see that what looks what looks from a distance like uh, a single ball of energy is lots of small eddies and waves around a small. Surpr- like maybe like a like a football sized sphere of absolute nothingness mm. uh, between you and this football of nothingness uh is a half exploded wizard and by half exploded i mean in terms of the stage of exploding he is in uh mm-hmm. it looks like it like it's a wizard who is exploding crackling with magical energy and you would guess that he has been incredibly slowly exploding for some time uh he's clearly dead but you know yeah. semi suspended uh on the balcony at his feet in front of you is a small crystal um uh, it is deep emerald color um it matches the description you have heard of um the thousand year gem and there is a significant crack in it and you can see wisps of emerald energy leaking out of it some of which seems to have stretched and to be uh, lacing itself through the half-exploded wizard, some of it which seems to be flowing down towards the library. Hmm. What do you want to do? Do you want to just grab the crystal? You want to? I think I'm. I think I'm. I. I think I am. I think I am grabbing this crystal. I am gonna try and grab it, not where the the crack is or where the beams of energy are half-exploding a wizard. Okay, so you're just picking up the crystal. Uh. You feel a shooting pain um, in your hands as they suddenly 
feel like feel stiff like you've got almost arthritic pains and you mm. find yourself dropping it uh you will take one hit point of damage mm. and your hand is now 10 years older than the rest of you so be it so be it well i suppose if it's faltering i'm going to If I had some scales, then I would be able to put them in the scales and make my way out of here. But uh, this is the life that we've lived, and I'm sure this arcane history is full of riveting information. Um, I am going to... I will say you do have you do have clothes you do have like yeah. you know the standard stuff so like if you wanted to tear off a strip of cloth or something to try and pick it off I would allow you like I, you are I think I think that's what I'm going to try to do yep. is rip off the other coattail off of this jacket and try to cool. wrap the wrap the, the the crystal in it to try and yeah. see if I can hold it that way yeah I'm not like it's it's not a case of like the things in the item slots right. are literally the only things you have on your person they're just the only things that can meaningfully help with yeah sure uh, sure tests sure and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can grab it via through a piece of fabric, and if not, then I've got a then I've got a secondary plan. Okay, I'm going to ask for a. Uh, it is. It doesn't seem. It's not as immediately painful, but it is also not comfortable. Uh, I'm going to ask for a tricky fists roll um, okay. to just endure the discomfort. All right, I will. I will take that, and that is my fists are a d8. So you need looking at a six. Do you have, uh, we've established you don't have any items that are going to help. Uh, no, I am going to put my heart into it, though. Okay. Ooh, that explodes. That, that, is, an, that yeah. is a 15, that is an 18. An 18. Okay. Um, so, as you pick it up, it at first it's it feels weird and uncomfortable. Um... Like you, you think your you think your hand is aging faster than the rest of you, but only by a only by a, like a matter of hours, mm. uh, which feels weird because it's slightly out of joint with the rest of you, temporarily. But after holding it for a, like a, a few seconds, it's actually not entirely unpleasant. Like a like a very low. Have you ever um, have you ever like had one of those like shock machines that feels like feels like it's just like a. Zzz? Yeah, 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 I know exactly yeah. what you mean. It, it's actually not, not, not unpleasant. You feel kind of invigorated, actually, um, and you pop it into uh, one of your pockets. Um, as you do so, however, there is the sound of flapping wings, um, and Corvalio is perched on the ta- on the the roof of the tower behind you looking at you in deep disappointment so i suppose that you know that i was lying to you it's very very dangerous that thing is not safe you should you should put it back for your own good right but if i choose to not do that well i i mean i'm not going to <laughs> I don't want to fight you, but also it's that's a broken magical item that has he sort of gestures with his wings to the heart to the half exploded vortex wizard that has already messed a lot of things up. Uh, well, then, and, then, then, then I simply won't own it for long, and I'll sell it to the highest bidder, and then I'll be fine. <sighs> I, look, I'll make you a deal. 
the lower levels of this tower that you would need to go through to escape with that thing are incredibly dangerous and full of weird warped creatures. If you put it back, I will carry you away safely. I'm sure you've looted other things from this from this tower. How dare you? I that you I don't know why I'm trying to see if you of course I've looted other things. I am a I am a I am a looter. I am a a pilferer of things. Well, if you put that thing back, I'll give you a lift out of here. Otherwise, I mean, I don't even why know why I'm making you this offer. To be honest, I could just leave you, and the stuff lower in the tower will probably kill you. But I can't really. I don't want to take that chance. Also, I'd rather you not be dead. Well, that is actually a rather of a kindness that I was not anticipating from you, Corvalio Jr. I uh, feel like you have more right to leave me to die than I perhaps anticipated. Well, I can't guarantee you die, can I? Well, sure. I mean, mean, you've you've proven proven a little bit. uh, you've, You've proven a little bit resourceful at the very least, and you do have a gun, so... These are true facts. But you would probably die. Probably. I I probably will. Here's the deal. I will accept. I will accept the terms. I will accept the terms of your arrangement, my friend. I will place this back and I I, I pick it up and I am going to. uh, I look at I look at uh, I look at my dear my dear dear friend uh, Vortexo, um, which I believe was his name. Unless I'm, I've, it's fine. It's no, Vortexo. it was probably you know, it's Vortexo. You're probably right. <laughs> um, I look at I look at where Parallax is sitting, and I look back, and I, I, I am holding this, and I look at that football, that football sized uh, nothingness, and I, I kind of quietly unwrap it, and I, 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 I maybe look at Corvalio. <sighs> If I put this gemstone into that nothingness, is something horrible going to happen? I don't know. I probably wouldn't. I mean, I, mm, I, I, I have absolutely no idea. <sighs> well, my friend, I will take you up on this, but loath as I am to do some to do a kindness for what is most certainly an already dead wizard. And I kind of, I, I, I sort of underhanded toss the gemstone towards the, the ball of nothingness and make my way towards my friend Corvalio, not really looking back behind me to see if something happens. Okay. As I'm like, I'm uh, like, all right. So I, I, I also hadn't properly thought through what would happen if you tossed the thousand year gemstone uh, into the center of the vortex. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to leave it up to chance. Uh, I'm going to ask for high or low. I'm going to go for high this time. Okay. Uh, that's a five. Great. Uh, so the thousand-year gemstone immediately detonates, uh, throwing razor-hot shards uh, of uh, magical time all over the place. Uh, could you please make me a complicated feat roll? I sure can. <laughs> Boom! Uh, I sure can. My feat is a d10. I'm going to put my heart into it, because mm-hmm. why not? That is a 24. That was a 10 that exploded, that was a 9, it almost exploded twice, and then a 5. Brilliant. You hit the, like, you sense the change in air pressure a moment before it happens, and you hit the deck. Um, as you do, 
the razor-sharp shards of time zoom out. You look up to see a bunch of them about to hit Corvalio, whose eyes go wide. But the instant before they do, the shards turn and zoom into the body of Parallax, who complete, who finally finishes exploding. Yeah. <laughs> so you are covered in wizards. But the vortex collapses. It's gone. The rivers of weirdness cease. Let it not be said that Lester Silverblade did not do a kindness for those around him. By the way, my name is Lester Silverblade. I was lying to you about that earlier. That was also a lie. Very rude indeed. Well, you know, I was planning to lie to you about other things, and also, you know, the old rhyme, uh, don't know your name, stay in the game, but, uh, you are my, uh, you are a trusted friend, and so I feel I must be honest to you. Coralio Jr., we should get out of here, because frankly, this is disgusting. This is, uh, this is a hellish nightmare, and I wish to never be covered in wizard again. No, that's, uh, entirely fair. I wonder, hmm, now that this is gone, I wonder which tower I'll end up flying around next. And I am going to call that as an end. I think to the, the last river beat of the broken is, vortex. I think the last beat is is I touch down and mm-hmm. I find barrel and I'm like, good news, I've gotten you your rays, and I throw him one of the two books and I'm like, read through some of that. It's really really fascinating <laughs> stuff. And he starts. <laughs> Sorry, he starts, there's, a, there's a part there's a part of me that wants you to throw him the fire book. He oh, opens exactly it and the then he's meet. Yeah, and then he's just immediately he's it, engulfed just, in flames. Just, he's reading it and it starts to catch fire and he drops it and I pick it up and I put it back in my bag and I'm like, Ha-ha. see that's 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 my way of apologizing. We should get going yeah. though because who the hell knows what's about to happen to this Corvalio looks at he looks at you like <laughs> palling around with uh Baron is like how many things were you lying about um, uh. so that is the end of the adventure you have leveled up um if we were playing this in a campaign you can go up to level 10 um so you would uh for leveling up the first time I believe you would be able to uh Sorry, I'm just going to find leveling up. So in the main game, you can go as high as level 10. Uh, so you would become level 2. You would be able to increase any quality by one level, uh, and you would gain either a new expertise or a new item slot, depending on what you chose. Uh, I think my feet. I think my feet would level up to a D12. That feels great. You're, 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 the- you're keeping the you're keeping the D4 face. I I got. I, it's yeah, not, it no, feels no, like the absolutely, right choice. Absolutely. Uh, and you would be allowed to take any expertise that you liked, um, but there's quite an expansive list, so we'll I'll probably uh, leave that in case we want to to return to, uh, to to Leicester. I love it in another in another episode. Uh, also, uh, there is one other thing that we do uh, at the end of a um, pit crawler adventure, uh, and that is determine what you want to keep from this adventure so it's a it's a semi it's a it's they're semi-improvised it is a a gradually built up world uh that is built between the games master and the player so at the end of each adventure uh the player gets to choose one thing uh any single aspect of that adventure uh be it uh, a person a place uh, a theme uh that they want to recur 
throughout that adventurer's career, so to to crop up in at least one other adventure further down oh, the line. Oh, it's got to be it's got to be my it's got to be my good friend Corvalio. It's got to be Fantastic. Yep. So Corvalio, uh, Corvalio is now absolutely going to reoccur in the career of Lester. Um, also, if you died, we would probably uh, actually no, because legacy is. So if you die, then your next character gets uh, benefits. To, uh, there's like a legacy system. So oh, I love that. That's depending fantastic. on depending on uh, how what level you were when you died, your uh, you can choose various different connections to um, uh, to your next character. So if you if you die level one, I think you'd only be able to be either a friend or a family member. Um, but if you get to high levels, you could be like student or admirer or this sort of thing. Uh, and so you can you can take certain things uh, from your previous adventurer. Uh, oh, that's into, sick. That's fantastic. That's cool as hell. Uh, but you, you, you made it actually. Like I was, I was, uh, I was all getting ready because uh, there was a particularly horrible, uh, horrible monster uh, that I, I was thinking a sort of Shoggoth style gelatinous thing. Mm. Um, it was in the lower levels. If you try to leave with the gem, it would have attacked you. You probably, I mean, you might have made it, but I was all ready to to have you eaten by a gooey terror. Uh, but you know what? You made you made the choice to uh, befriend a giant bird, and that choice is always the right one. I feel like it's a good choice. I feel what like a, it's a great choice. What a good game! This was so much fun. I am smiling <sighs> ear to ear. Fantastic. Well, it's been so much. You're an absolute joy to play with. Oh, thank uh, you so much. Because it is very Likewise. much like uh, a back and forth, like kind of improvised game. Um, it, it it's it's so wonderful to play with someone where I can just be like, uh, hey, yeah, what's what's this detail of the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like, oh, he's he's wearing two pairs of pants stitched together. Yeah, I love it. It was absolute delight. Thank you so much for coming on the show and playing it with me. No I am, problem at I all. Could Thank you. I could not be happier. Uh, real quick before we wrap up, where can people find you, your work, and Pit Crawler? Sorry, Pit Crawler online. Pit Crawler. Uh, yes. So, uh, as I said, uh, Pit Crawler. This is uh, 0.7th edition, the playtest edition. So, there are. It's unlikely any of the. It's unlikely any of the core rules will change between now and the launch of our first edition, which we should be crowdfunding um, later this year, uh, hopefully around April. Uh, but uh, you know, keep your eyes open for that. Um, uh, but you can get your hands on the playtest edition uh, by signing up to the MacGuffin and Company Patreon. MacGuffin and Company is the games. Uh, MacGuffin and Company is the RPG company uh, that I run with my partner Sasha Sienna, uh, and uh, the playtest rules are currently available on that Patreon. You can follow us uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Twitch, where we stream. Or you can follow us on um, Instagram. You can follow us on facebook you can follow us on itch um and uh, we are mcguffin and company everywhere uh, and if you go to mcguffin and you can find all the links uh, all the links there uh, if you want to follow me personally uh, i am at johnny waistcoat on twitter and also on twitch where i sometimes stream video games video games i don't don't like the sound of it don't oh, trust no, it i mean I'll, I'll be honest they're pretty dreadful but, uh, you know, people love them. I guess. Uh, my friend, thank you so much for coming on the show and playing this with me. I, I had an absolute blast. And now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. 
Thanks, Pass Me. And thanks again to Johnny for coming on the show. That Was I wrong? Did I steer you astray? No, I didn't. That game was delightful. It was a wonderful, joyful experience, and I am over the moon that I got to play it. Be sure to head to the show notes and check out the Indiegogo campaign for Pit Crawler. It is a game that is so written with joy and love and enthusiasm. And I gave them a quote uh, for the Indiegogo page. And I really just want to say it here because I really, really stand by it. It it feels like playing the game feels like watching something be airbrushed onto a kick-ass van in real time. Which, as you know, is the highest praise that I can give a game. It's genuinely just a game that I'm overwhelmingly excited about. Go back it on Indiegogo and go follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Wastecoat. Go follow MacGuffin and Company on Twitter at MacGuffin and Co. And follow Sasha Sienna, the game's other designer, the other half of MacGuffin and Co. at Sienna Sasha. Because Sasha and Johnny are both great. They're both awesome people doing wonderful and amazing things. You should really be following both of them. And then, of course, while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. Join us on Discord at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord to talk about the show and wrestling and join us for a pro wrestling group watch where we just put on a bunch of matches and we hang out. It's a great time. Uh, You can also support the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer, ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer, uh, or you can go to bit.ly slash partyofonemerch. Check out the Party of One merch store where we've got uh, the Party of One logo t-shirt. We've got a The New Future Me Past Me shirt by Caro Assertion as well as a shirt that announces to the world that Champ and Crowbar are in love because they, Champ and Crowbar, love each other very much. And at the time of this episode's release, there's currently a sale for like 35% off, which is a great deal. Go to bit.ly slash merch for more information. Or if you'd like to support the show in a non-financial way, you can give us a nice review wherever you listen to your podcast. Everywhere's got a review function. It's always a nice thing to do. You can tell a friend about the show. You can give us some love on social media. Anything that helps the show find new listeners and grow and do bigger and better and cooler things. Now, you're done with this podcast. So now let me ask you, what are you going to listen to immediately after this? Because I've got a suggestion. I've got a show that I think that you'll really like, and it's called All My Fantasy Children. I'm also in it, which I think, like, if you've listened to this whole episode, there's a chance that that might also be a selling point. But I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network, where every week, my best friend, Aaron Catano Saez, and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we create a shared universe, one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming onto the show as a guest, or about press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I believe that is it for me, so until next time... Thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.